You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to Unscripted, a special podcast series from ShoreScripts in collaboration with the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Unscripted with ShoreScripts is a six-episode series discussing challenges facing patients and care providers and how technology is creating opportunities for change. This series will offer a variety of voices in specialty medications, different pharmacy conversations, and showcase how ShoreScripts is driving best-in-class solutions designed specifically to deliver operational efficiencies and, most important, the best patient care. ShoreScripts aims to keep the patient at the center of all that we do, working to ensure faster, more informed, more accurate, more reliable transfer of information among care management teams. Despite implementation of health information technology targeting medication safety, ambulatory adverse drug events, known as ADEs, uh, prompt uh, over uh, 4 million people to seek uh, medical care and result in 8 billion in healthcare expenditures annually. We're here today with an interesting conversation surrounding the communications between prescribers and pharmacies which are critical to ADE. The National Council for Prescription and Drug Programs, the NCPDP uh, script standard, supports the functionality to send electronic prescription cancellations from electronic health records to pharmacies known as CancelRx. This episode will present novel research and practical experience on CancelRx implementation from the perspective of two health systems, a large retail pharmacy and the NCPDP. My name is Todd Urey. I'm the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, and I am on fire today. I am so excited to be bringing this conversation together, brought to you by SureScripts. And the reason is, is because I've worked in technology in pharmacy in the long-term care sector since 2004, when I worked with a uh, pharmacy management system dedicated to long-term care pharmacy. And the NCPDP had a work group called Workgroup 14. And they really shined some amazing light and information on uh, standardizations and being able to pass information back and forth. I'd like the guests of our panel today to introduce themselves, and we're going to kick off this conversation uh, with an introduction from Charlie. Charlie, introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Charlie Oldman, and as a program director for the NCPP Foundation, my role is to ensure we meet our purpose by funding grants that support programs, projects, and people that drive quality healthcare through the use of standards-based HIT to improve outcomes. Previously, I had a long career in various leadership roles for the target pharmacy chain, while also being a member of NCPDP, volunteering as a co-chair for work groups and leading task groups. I had several years on the NCPDP Board of Trustees and then as, as the chair of the NCPDP Foundation Board. Founded in 1977, NCPDP is a non-for-profit, anti-credited, standards development organization with over 1,500 members representing virtually every sector of the pharmacy industry, 
developing many industry standards, including the script standard for e-prescribing, which is named in the Medicaid Modernization Act. The NCPDP Foundation is a 5013C nonprofit charitable organization established in December of 2012 to support proof of concept projects that drive quality healthcare through the youth of standards-based HIT, including these cancel or grant studies with John Hopkins and the University of Wisconsin, which we will be discussing today. And I'd like uh, Michelle to introduce yourself and I'm biased, pharmacists are my most favorite providers. So I'm so excited that you're here, Michelle. Oh, that's so sweet, Todd. Uh, I'm pleased to be here. My name is Michelle Chewy. I'm a professor in the School of Pharmacy at the University of Wisconsin. And I also serve as the director of the Sandra Rega Research Center for Improved Medication Use, also at UW-Madison. Um, I am a pharmacist and a health services researcher. Uh, the focus of my work is really applying human factors engineering approaches and utilizing a systems perspective to improve medication safety in the outpatient setting. And some of the work that I do is really focused on evaluating health IT and the functionalities that are intended to support medication safety, such as CancelRx. I'm pleased to be here. Thank you so much. Dr. Samantha Pitts, thank you so much for uh, being part of this. Thank you for having me. So I'm Samantha Pitts. I'm an assistant professor in the Division of General Internal Medicine and core faculty of the Armstrong Institute for Patient Safety and Quality at Johns Hopkins. And my research focuses on improving safety and the delivery of evidence-based care in ambulatory settings, including the use of health information technology. I'm uh, happy to talk about our work in CancelRx today. Thank you. And Tolu, what a special opportunity having an, an e-prescribing manager uh, from Walgreens with us. Thank you very much, Todd. Uh, my name is Tolu Akinwale. I am a corporate manager for Walgreens. I'm also a pharmacist, and I have a responsibility for the e-prescribing business operations, which uh, includes the delivery and processing of electronic prescriptions, um, clinical validation for appropriateness, uh, regulatory compliance, standards development, and uh, industry relationships as it, it pertains to the e-prescribing uh, world. Um, Walgreens is a healthcare destination for a significant portion of the U.S. population. I'm sure you're all very familiar with Walgreens. We have over 9,000 pharmacies uh, within a five-mile radius of approximately 80% of the U.S. population. And we did implement uh, the CancelRx functionality in 20, uh, 2018. Outside of Walgreens, I'm also a co-chair at uh, NCPDP's Electronic uh, Prescribing Workgroup, which develops the standards for e-prescribing transactions like CancelRx. So I'm very excited to be here, and uh, thanks for having me today. Looking forward to the discussion. Well, thank you. Um, I'm very excited to have all of you here. This is an important topic. Technology has, uh, has been in a rapid uh, increase in usage, especially during this pandemic. We have seen telemedicine take off in ways um, that, that we've never seen it being utilized before. And we're finally getting patients used to talking with their physicians and their pharmacists and even their nurse practitioners through, um, through technology. So when I think of 
the standards that are being built. And exciting for me, who understands pharmacy management technology, Cancel RX is uh, is quite an exciting topic. So I'm going to start off with Charlie. What is the NCPDP standard for Cancel RX? Uh, the solution at the center of the study that was uh, that was recently performed. Yeah, sure, Todd. So back in the day, there used to be something called uh, paper, and doctors wrote prescriptions on a piece of paper and handed it to a patient to take to their pharmacy. Well, that's been mostly replaced by the NCPDP script standard for e-prescribing, which provides transmission of prescription information electronically between the prescriber and the pharmacy. And now this includes several different message types. You know, besides a new prescription, uh, there could be requests for refills, a request for the pharmacy for changes in the prescription. There's fill statuses, uh, there's a request to send and receive medication history on a patient. And then, of course, cancellation notifications, known as CancelRx. So CancelRx is a bi-directional transaction that is used to notify the pharmacy that a previously sent prescription should be canceled, no longer filled. The transaction, which originates in the pharmacy prescription system, then sends electronic message to the pharmacy asking them to discontinue the prescription of any refills or to cancel prescription that has never been dispensed. Now the pharmacy receives this message in their system, it marks it as canceled and acknowledges to prescriber that the message was received or possibly not, re not received because it wasn't found at that pharmacy. Now the purpose of this grant study is to show that replacing the need for the prescriber to pick up the phone and call the pharmacy to manually cancel the prescription that it that an event occurred with a real-time cancel notification to not only improve provider workflow, but to improve patient safety by stopping unattended dispensing. I think of cancel RX as having this potential to reduce medication uh, dispensary, you know, errors and things that um, that get double input and the pharmacy management system software in really sets up to improve medication safety. The results of this research is quite interesting. I wanted to ask um, Michelle, why is cancel RX important to the prescribing process? Sure. So um, I think that when a prescriber, um, you know, discontinues a medication or changes a medication, perhaps from one antihypertensive to a different antihypertensive, the, the, the goal, of course, is to discontinue the one that perhaps is not working well or has a side effect or perhaps even a potentially serious adverse event might be pending or is actually happening. And that's the reason why the prescriber is discontinuing it and switching to a different drug. But from the pharmacy's perspective, when they get the new prescription for the new antihypertensive, there is no information necessarily that comes over to the pharmacy automatically that indicates the initial, the original prescription was discontinued. And it's not unreasonable for a pharmacist to assume that a patient might be on two different, two um, antihypertensives rather than the new one and may indeed dispense both prescriptions. And because in this new electronic prescribing format, 
the patient doesn't necessarily have a clear understanding of what's going on, you know, quote, behind the scenes, the patient may not even realize that the initial one was discontinued. And it's not unrealistic for the patient to just ask the pharmacist, you know, fill all of my scripts, not recognizing that one was discontinued. So the potential for error, I think, is great. And I think that, you know, my colleagues that are here with me today um, recognize that and that this, uh, that's the reason why this work is so important to highlight. Samantha, I think of the electronic health record as where this all starts. So can you take us through maybe an example that, that you've uncovered through your studies in the prescribing process and how CancelRx is important to that process? Absolutely. Well, as uh, echoing Michelle, having an accurate medication list is so critical for patient safety, both for prescribers and pharmacies, as well as for patients. So as a prescriber, I spend a lot of time trying to make that accurate in the electronic health record um, for uh, myself and others who, who touch that patient's record and prescribe for that patient. And so as a prescriber, when I make changes to those patients' medications, I, I know and understand that pharmacies need to have this information for safe dispensing, as well as for counseling of patients uh, around those changes. Um, and as has been said, without this communication, patients can receive incorrect medications or doses and directions, leading to overtreatment, undertreatment, and adverse drug reactions. So we know in, in primary care where I practice, I'm often changing doses of medication, titrating up antihypertensives or um, not diabetes medications, which are very um, frequently associated with adverse events if taken incorrectly. So I think those are some good examples of where they change often. And without communication, we're really relying on the patients to be able to communicate what the appropriate dose is or drug, and as Michelle highlighted, some patients are, are not able to do that, and putting that responsibility solely on the patient um, seems like it's not ideal that we need to communicate directly and coordinate care. Um, and as Charlie mentioned, we know this communication doesn't happen as often as it should, as it's difficult and time-consuming to make phone calls, and it's not always clear who should be calling, and that's where the functionality like CancelRx uh, is needed. I'm glad you pointed that out, um, Samantha, and it, it makes me think of volume and, and, and volume really gives us an opportunity to break something so that we can ensure that when we start using it, even at a, at a, at a larger level, when the masses take over, um, that it works as intended, as designed. This brings me to Tolu. 9,000 pharmacies throughout the country. If each of those 9,000 pharmacies did 300 prescriptions a day, that's 2.7 million prescriptions a day. So I can't think of a better organization to really give some feedback. Why is it important for pharmacies to have this functionality? You know, how can uh, Cancer Act impact um, safety and, and minimize risks? Um, sure, Todd. Um... There are many reasons why a pharmacy should have uh, this functionality. And I think it's uh, very uh, important that you mention that volume and the diversity of the transactions that flow through the network into the pharmacy. First, uh, I would say let's start with the continued industry focus on achieving true interoperability in our care delivery models. 
increasingly, we know that um, fragmented care and uh, responsibility across settings can systematically introduce new risks, errors, and ultimately harm to the patient. Thus, there's a need for um, enhanced interoperability and communication. CounselRx is a means of communication between care providers. Just as a prescriber can um, send an electronic prescription that arrives in the pharmacy within seconds, it is important to have a mechanism to communicate with the pharmacy to stop the, the dispensing of that medication if there is a, an identified need to do so. There are instances, for example, where a CounselRx is received and processed even before the pharmacy team member is able to complete data entry. This is very helpful in cases where a prescriber maybe discovered an error immediately after sending an electronic prescription. So CounselRx allows the pharmacy to react fairly quickly in these scenarios before it makes it to the patient. The timeliness of the delivery of the CounselRx transaction is unmatched by any other communication method. You also have scenarios, and I'll you know, add on to some of what uh, Michelle and uh, other, my other colleagues have said earlier. You also have scenarios where a care provider may wish to discontinue medications following a, a MedRec review. And upon completion of that review, the provider is able to send a CounselRx request to the pharmacy to ensure that inappropriate prescriptions can no longer be dispensed by the pharmacy. My colleagues in practice are familiar with the scenario where a patient calls in for a refill of a prescription and they enter an old prescription number from a, from a bottle or from an old bottle that may still be active, but that may not necessarily be their current dose. <clears throat> Granted, we may always, I mean, we may be able to detect some of that through a clinical review in some cases, but we know that it's not always black and white, as Michelle um, explained earlier. So CounselRx provides that opportunity to ensure that the old prescription is inactivated and can no longer be dispensed. Another important reason has to do with the issue of opioids and other controlled substances. This has been a major public health issue, and one of the root causes has to do with prescriptions that may be given after surgery. And let's say the patient is able to manage the pain with ibuprofen or some other medi non-controlled medication they may not actually need to ever pick up that uh, control substance prescription. So by implementing CounselRx, pharmacies are able to support the effort to get rid of unnecessary uh, control substance prescriptions that may linger in a patient's profile. When you put all of these together, it is evident in my view that CounselRx provides the alignment of a patient's prescription information across care provider systems provides a mechanism to stop error prescriptions and improves our collective ability to ensure that the patients are taking the appropriate medication. That to me is the main impact from a patient safety perspective. I'd like to put in the show notes something that is out and it's been published. Uh, the agency of the agency for healthcare research and quality, the AHRQ. Uh, have a, has a study titled Cancel Rx, a health IT tool to decrease medication discrepancies in the outpatient setting. And I want to hear from Michelle and Samantha um, because you actually partook and helped to put together the two separate studies about 
uh, the University of Wisconsin and John Hopkins implementation of this system, Cancel RX. What did you find with that study? Sure. So um, thanks for pointing out that AHRQ grant. We feel very fortunate to have been funded by AHRQ on that project. So what we did was we partnered with UW Health, which is an integrated healthcare system in the, in the upper Midwest, large healthcare system, very similar to um, the size of Johns Hopkins. Um, UW Health made a decision to implement CancelRx health system-wide in sort of a big bang format. They were just gonna turn it on for their entire health system in October of uh, 2017. And we were fortunate enough to partner with them to uh, measure the impact of CancelRx on reducing medication discrepancies. So what we were doing was we were trying to look at the um, proportion of prescriptions that were discontinued in their primary care um, outpatient clinic setting and were also discontinued in their UW Health um, health system pharmacies as well. So we just looked at health system pharmacies within UW Health. And um, if they were discontinued, uh, both in the clinic setting and in the pharmacy setting, um, and we looked at that 12 months pre-CancelRx go live and then 12 months post-CancelRx go live. And what we found was that uh, pre-CancelRx go live, about 35% uh, of prescriptions were discontinued uh, that were discontinued in the clinic setting were also deactivated or discontinued in the pharmacy. So about a third of prescriptions. And uh, how can we explain that? Well, um, UW Health had a policy where anytime a prescription was discontinued in the clinic setting, uh, the MA pool received a, uh, an in-basket message to call the pharmacy to let them know that the prescription was discontinued. Well, you can imagine how time-consuming that was. Uh, MAs are very busy doing many um, tasks and requirements, and this was uh, something that was low priority and something they had very limited training on how to do. So as a result, some of those prescriptions in the pharmacy were indeed discontinued, um, either because the MAs were communicating that or perhaps patients were communicating that. Um, post CancelRx go live, the proportion of successful discontinuations jumped drastically to 93%. So indeed, what we found was that CancelRx, by automating the system of sending these messages to UW Health Pharmacies, um, and automating the system without needing an MA to call uh, and for a pharmacy to actually locate the prescription and deactivate it, that this uh, that CancelRx automated the process and indeed 93% of those prescriptions ended up being um, discontinued. So that is a success story. The other success story is that the, the amount of time it took to discontinue those medications also drastically de decreased. Pre-CancelRx go live, it took approximately 12 hours to discontinue a, med, uh, a prescription, either again, because the MA called or perhaps the patient communicated that to the pharmacy. Um, after CancelRx go live, it essentially went to instantaneous zero time for the discontinuation to take place. So what that means is that uh, that 12 hours is actually very meaningful. And I'm gonna let Tolu talk a little bit about that, how, um, as he mentioned before, that, um, you know, that 12 hours is very impactful when uh, potentially a prescriber might prescribe something um, unintentionally um, in error and wanting to, um, you know, call that prescription back. 
um, that length of time can be very important for that. Uh, the other thing, uh, and Tolu sort of uh, brought this up as well, as you know, in 2017, the opioid crisis was in full swing. There was a lot of information about it in the lay literature and a lot of policy that was focused on that. So we also drilled down and looked at the percent of successful discontinuations between non-controlled and controlled meds. And what we found as well was that actually the uh, proportion of successful uh, medication discontinuations of controlled substances actually um, was greater than that of non-controlled substances. So that illustrates that um, following cancel uh, RX implementation, that uh, we actually, uh, cancel RX actually did a good job of reducing the uh, potential for refills of controlled substances, addressing again, a major um, public health crisis. Um, now, 93% is not 100%. We thought that uh, it would actually, you know, sort of work behind the scenes. We would turn on CancelRx and miraculously, all of these medications that were discontinued in the clinic would uh, be discontinued in the pharmacy as well. And we uncovered a number of clinic socio-technical socio vulnerabilities associated with this. Um, we know that the EHR is complex. It's duplicative in many areas. Uh, there were some errors from MAs and physicians um, in terms of selecting a discontinuation reason in the EHR. And of course, there was some ambiguity about which tasks uh, clinic staff should be doing, whether or not uh, MAs or nurses or physicians ultimately should be discontinuing those medications. We also found some pharmacy vulnerabilities as well, and I'm going to let Tolu talk about that. So um, I guess the take-home message here is that CancelRx indeed was a fantastic uh, functionality that um, uh, replaced what was um, something that was time consuming and heavily uh, uh, work, uh, a heavy workload task um, in the clinic setting. Um, and again, I'll let Tolu talk about the pharmacy uh, side of that. Well, I guess I could just go ahead and give you uh, some of the uh, impact that we've seen on the um, Walgreens side. And I would say that um, the impact has been uh, positive. And while there are still growing pains uh, with industry implementation that we're all working on collaboratively, I, I wouldn't want to go back to a pre-cancer world, to be honest. Um, uh, first of all, you know, there's a, the benefit of uh, a cleaner medication profile, which is better aligned with how the patient is actually taking their medication and easier to evaluate for non-adherence and other treatment opportunities. Um, in terms of efficiencies, it's been a bit of a mixed experience. We've, we, we have an automated process where our fulfillment system can actually process a, cance a cancellation request uh, that is properly identified um, with limited to no human intervention. This is only possible if all the data all the data elements that are necessary are included on the request and, and certain conditions um, are met based on our internal uh, processes. On one hand, there are more cancellation of inappropriate prescriptions and fewer phone calls, which as um, <clears throat> Michelle alluded to, is great. But on the other hand, um, our pharmacists are also getting inundated with having to manually process um, incomplete requests, as well as in some cases, um, 
inappropriate or invalid uh, cancel requests. Um, an example of that may be with prescriptions that are maybe um, have reached the end of life anyway, or um, uh, completely exhausted. Um, so it, it's sort of, uh, it doesn't really serve much purpose getting a cancellation request for those type of uh, prescriptions. In some way, it almost feels like we made it easy on the prescriber side to um, request a cancellation, but uh, uh, the experience sometimes feels like it's harder on the pharmacy side when the information is um, incomplete and when we get unnecessary requests. So I'll just share an anecdote with you. Like with one of our low volume pharmacies on the very first day that we implemented, they actually reported receiving over 50 cancellation requests. This is a very low volume uh, location. So, which seemed really unreal. And when we dug into it, we found a lot of um, some of what I just described earlier. So my ask of my colleagues on the uh, prescriber and the EHR side is as we work through this together as an industry, we continue to ensure that uh, there are safeguards in place to minimize those unnecessary cancellation requests. And this could include you know, training, UI design, um, clinical decision logic, and whatnot. Um, I would even emphasize that the cancellation of the prescription can be a clinical decision, and that should be made by, or at least made apparent to a clinician similar to how you would um, approve a refill request. Whether you're starting a therapy or you're stopping the therapy, it is a clinical decision in, in my view. Another factor that would help, I would say, is making sure that the necessary um, trace elements are included. And I know I'm getting into some of the technical speak here, but there are indicators embedded within the Cancellarix request um, by the um, EMR vendor uh, that helps the receiving system identify, match, and resolve these requests uh, easily. So um, one thing that Michelle alluded to earlier um, that I can speak to in terms of how we designed on the Walgreens side is that we have, a, as I said before, we have an automated process that can handle it if all the PCs are in place. And the Cancellarix transaction has uh, a very important feature that you don't get in um, through other, uh, you may not get through other methods of communication, which is the cancellarix response. Um, I think this is a great benefit to prescribers because in our case, uh, our averages, we typically average less than five seconds from the time that we receive a request. If it's identified automatically by the system, we're able to respond within less than five seconds, which is near real time in my view. And the prescriber is able to understand right away that um, uh, 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 their request has been uh, resolved. If you recall, prior to CancelRx, what we would see are electronic prescriptions that come in for a drug A and uh, information in the notes field that says to cancel the drug B. That's a one-way communication. And I think that leaves a gap uh, on the prescriber side. Uh, it doesn't allow them confirmation to know that their request has been completed. So ultimately, all of this, you know, results in a better pharmacist-prescriber relationship, as well as the benefit to the patient. And um, besides the anecdotal feedback uh, about the satisfaction levels from us frontline pharmacists during implementation, I've actually heard this 
firsthand from prescribers at our various industry meetings as well. Samantha, and following up with what Michelle was saying, can you give us additional insights into uh, CancelRx with regards to workflow and what you've experienced? Great, thank you. Um, at Johns Hopkins, we took a little bit of a different approach and we had a really staged approach to implementation. First, implementing the functionality in a test environment, following uh, with a proactive risk assessment to examine how CancelRx would fit into those existing workflows, as you've mentioned, and then pilot implementation prior to that large scale rollout. Um, so we really had the opportunity in testing before going live to connect our test EHR environment through SureScripts to the test version of our pharmacy software management, which allowed us to understand how the CancelRx functionality would be expected to perform in our system. And then through the proactive risk assessment, uh, which is a structured method to identify vulnerabilities in a system or process, we confirmed that we really wanted to implement the CancelRx functionality because we anticipated it would reduce the risk of medication errors. However, we did also identify some potential risks in CancelRx implementation, which then helped us make decisions about implementation in our health system. For example, we identified that it was difficult for providers to identify if a CancelRx was sent and then the outcome of that CancelRx at the pharmacy. So that helped us uh, be informed in the development of materials for providers like a tip sheet about the functionality. And then we identified the potential for accidental cancellation of a medication with duplicates in the medication list, for example, providers may accidentally select the active prescription um, and send a cancel transaction of that prescription to the pharmacy. So as a result of that, we elected to not send a cancel transaction if the prescriber selected that a duplicate prescription uh, was the reason for that uh, discontinuation. So when we had made those uh, decisions about implementation, we implemented CancelRx in a single practice in pharmacy. And in evaluating this implementation, we were really interested in the impact on that dispensing of medications after discontinuation in the EHR. Um, so in our pilot, we were able to look at the time that it was discontinued in the EHR and compare that um, to the that in the pharmacy management software to identify those that were uh, dispensed after discontinuation. And um, then further, we went into the charts to confirm um, that those medications were intended to be discontinued by the prescribers. Um, so in our pilot, cancel implementation really eliminated the sale of e-prescribed medications um, that had been discontinued in the EHR. So prior to CancelRx, um, approximately 10% of prescriptions were actually dispensed after that discontinuation in the EHR. Um, and none were following CancelRx implementation. However, when we went in and looked at the records, um, it wasn't always clear that those medications were intended to be discontinued. So we did find 15 that appeared to have been dispensed after discontinuation, um, intended discontinuation in our pilot or about 3.8% of our sample before CancelRx and none after CancelRx implementation. However, we did find also a small percentage uh, that appeared to have uh, been unintentionally canceled. Um, so we think that it's clearly preventing unintended dispensing. Um, there are some things we want to look at and examine further how to uh, prevent those inadvertent cancellations. 
So we're currently doing further work to examine the impact of cancel Rx on this dispensing after discontinuation in a larger sample at our institution, and also to understand the information needed by providers and pharmacy staff to optimize the use of cancel Rx. Um, so two early things we're, we've seen are that despite our now system-wide implementation, our prescribers still don't always understand the functionality and how the transaction works. Um, so because the transaction is so fast and immediate, um, that improving the visible feedback in the EHR in terms of implementing um, the ca how CancelRx is implemented in the EHR would potentially help our providers um, understand how CancelRx works and may reduce any inadvertent cancellations. In addition, we've seen that our pharmacists do seek additional information within Epic because they have that access. So having additional information on the intent of prescriber when discontinuing medication would um, likely be of help. And that is uh, going to be an added element in the next standard. So we're really excited to continue this work and uh, further look at the impact of CancelRx in, in a bigger sample. So I understand technology implementation, it's never easy. You have to sometimes change workflows. You have to teach staff how to utilize a function uh, a little bit differently. Disruption to a day-to-day -day process for our technicians and pharmacists, the physicians prescribing. It's a complex issue. It's a complex situation. So when I think of Cancel Rx as new functionality that brings a tremendous amount of safety to the life cycle of prescription and medication uh, therapy. Charlie, where is the industry today in implementing Cancel Rx? And how does the NCPDP support adoption? Yeah, great question. Just yesterday, I reached out to SureScripts and got updated information on industry adoption. So when the foundation was looking at doing this grant study two and a half years ago, there were a million of these transactions a month flowing through the SureScripts network. Today, there's 8.7 million. And two and a half years ago, the pharmacy adoption rate was 25%. Today, 84% of the pharmacies are certified and 79% are actually accepting the CancelRx message. And two and a half years ago, the prescriber adoption rate was 20%. Today, 63% are certified but yet only 29% are actually sending CancelRx messages. So obviously it's still a significant opportunity for prescribers to either update their systems for the CancelRx message and or to enable CancelRx functionality to re to order to reduce these unintended medication dispensing. The way NCPDP supports adoption of CancelRx are through task groups. Task groups are held throughout the year via tele phone calls, Zoom calls, and any interested party can help work on the future e-prescribing enhancements, including CancelRx. And largely because of these two grant studies, there has been several enhancements to the next version of CancelRx, which includes updated to best practices guide, which includes guidance from the study to help future enhancers, implementers. And also we've added the ability to send cancel reasons to the pharmacies. You know, today they'll get a cancellation, but not knowing why. Well, in the future, they'll be able to get the reasons why to be able to add clinical information, to be able to pass on important conversations with the patients, why they need to stop their medications. 
It will also include prior dispensing notification information prescribers and ability to pass on to pharmacies allergy or adverse events. So again, anyone can participate in these NCPDP task group calls, include one of the many e-prescribing related task groups. All you have to do is go on to ncpdp.org and click on the task group tab. I think one other thing that I would like to add also that's coming uh, for that uh, uh, to Charlie's uh, commentary is around uh, being able to identify where the cancellation request is for a specific prescription or it's for an entire uh, therapy. Um, that's a, 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 um, you know, a gap that exists today, but we're working at the industry level to make sure that uh, prescribers are able to communicate uh, uh, that type of intent in their cancellation requests. Um, so just wanted to throw that in there as well. Um, I'm really excited about this work that's happening at the NCPDP. And, uh, you know, to second Charlie's comments, I, I really do encourage uh, listeners to um, look at joining uh, the NCPDP collaborative space so that their voice can be heard. Well, I want to thank our guests, uh, Tolu, Samantha, Michelle, and Charlie, for the insightful information that you brought to this conversation and podcast. This is the entire purpose of the Pharmacy Podcast Network is to bring this kind of content into audio form so that our pharmacists, our technicians, our administrators and, and operators out there that are running pharmacies in all different uh, facets, community, specialty, long-term care, compounding, that they understand uh, Cancel RX. We're gonna have some show notes and some links. Um, I also wanna give a shout out to SureScripts for putting this uh, uh, part uh, this part of our series together. You guys are an absolute incredible organization to be working with. But um, once again, thank you so much uh, to our guests um, in, in panel today and participating. Thank you for listening to Unscripted, a podcast series from ShoreScripts. For more information about how ShoreScripts can help your organization, please visit us at shorescripts.com.